everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Amos. I am one of the lead pastors here. Today is a little bit different in terms of how Sundays go. Uh, We've made a habit of during the season of Lent, which is uh, the 40 days prior to Easter, to spend one Sunday uh, just pressing into grief. And so part of what will happen during this service is that we'll light candles to remember people that we have lost either this year or maybe in years past that we still uh, feel grief for uh, or about. And so the normal order of things are going to be switched a little. At the end of my talk, we'll light the candles and then we'll do worship, uh, communion, and ministry time. So things are getting moved around a little bit. Uh, and I would say, like, don't don't even have the expectation that I'm going to do a lot of teaching today, although I'll make comments. This will be a little more of a contemplative service, which simply means that instead of filling the entire time with talking, there will be moments of quiet where we uh, reflect on something that we just heard or where we invite God to speak or lead or direct us. And the cool thing is, like, even as we have kids in the room, I know you guys can do it because I am one of the teachers in the fourth through sixth room, and I know that the K through third room and the preschool room spends up to two minutes in silence every week, which is pretty incredible, listening for God and then sharing what God is saying uh, during that time. So I know the kids can do it. Uh, I trust that the adults can as well, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> I, know that, I know that that can be a little uncomfortable for you, or for some people, uh, just in terms of, you know, silence. No one's talking. What am I supposed to do? I feel uncomfortable. So just take that discomfort if you feel it and try to stay connected and try to keep your heart and mind oriented toward God when we enter into those times. Um, but the main theme, uh, as, as Grief Sunday intersects with our series on The Chosen, uh, which which really is an opportunity for us to just remind ourselves of the story of, of Jesus, to plant ourselves in the person of Jesus, is that we pray in faith and we grieve with hope. And we see how honest the Bible is in holding that tension. Uh, and even the person of Jesus is in holding that tension of grieving the loss of friends, praying prayers that aren't answered. Uh, If you guys listen to that podcast that was shared over the resource share this past week, the text that went out, uh, you'll know that Jesus actually prayed prayers that weren't answered. And still today, prayed a prayer specifically that God would make the church unified that has not yet been answered. So if Jesus has prayed prayers that he's still waiting for to be answered, like how much more do we pray prayers uh, that we we have to hold in tension with grief, with facing uh, pain and suffering and loss. And so praying with faith, grieving with hope, 
holding that tension today as we start with maybe the general, like, suffering, the general uh, thoughts about pain, trying to get specific for ourselves about what we're feeling, what pain we're experiencing, and then even more specifically into grief, into uh, remembering a person that we have lost. And so I want to remind you also that pain that is not transformed gets transmitted. So sometimes when we say grieve with hope, we skip over the grief and actually we just go into a place of denial and say, everything's fine. I have my hope in Jesus. But grief actually means that we experience and lament and uh, take loss seriously at the same time as hope. So that's something. My, my tendency is to deny pain because I'm very pain avoidant rather than to grieve pain while putting my hope and my faith in the person of Jesus and in the resurrection of Jesus. And so even, even as we're sometimes uncomfortable with silence, we're probably even more uncomfortable with grief. And our, our natural tendency may be to simply just avoid it, to distance ourselves from the pain of loss. But the invitation today is to, to stay connected to our pain as we bring it to Jesus so that he can transform it. And, and so uh, I, have a, I have a clip here from The Chosen that I want to watch together. And I, I hope you guys have been tracking. We're in episode two. And while The Chosen spends a lot of its emotional power on the stories that are told in the Bible, there's also like fictionalized um, character development and, of course, dialogue that is not recorded. And so this scene is not scripture. Like this is wrestling with questions, putting characters in situations that were not necessarily historical, but I think help us access the person of Jesus and remind us that not everybody that Jesus met got healed. And we see sometimes he goes to a town and everybody gets healed, but sometimes he goes to a town and nobody gets healed. And we can read between the lines and say, when he went from town to town, there were places where some people got healed and some people didn't. Even people with great faith. Uh, if you've been following Jesus for very long, you know somebody who had great faith, who maybe even prayed for others and saw them be healed, who they themselves were not healed. And so this is an interaction between Jesus and one of his disciples who he calls affectionately little James because there's two Jameses in the 12. Uh, but James has some sort of ailment in his leg where he needs to walk with a, a, a stick or a staff. Uh, this is pre-crutches. And so like he's, he's lived with this maybe his whole life, maybe the majority of his life, but he's, he's in this space of I'm seeing people get healed, but I myself still have a limp. I myself still have pain in my leg. So let's, let's watch. Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am. Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. 
wanted to ask you a question, please. So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition, which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Then why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters, so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. So for some of us, the pain that we carry or the, the prayer that hasn't been answered is very obvious and upfront. Uh, but what I want to do for the room is simply spend 10 to 15 seconds in silence and ask God, God, is there pain in my life that has not yet been transformed? And so pray that for yourselves. God, is there pain in my life? Reveal to me the pain in my life that has not yet been transformed. And I would simply say, uh, this is true for now and as we go forward, like if you feel like God gives you something, if, he feels, if you feel your brain move toward a person or a thing, like let's trust that this is God. And I would invite you to keep the conversation going. Uh, if, he, if he points something, say, God, show me more. Uh, or God, what do you mean by that? Or yes, but, like you can, you can argue 
with God, as a matter of fact. So if you feel like you got anything from God, we'll just spend another few moments for you to continue the conversation. Amen. So one of the questions that we ask when we're going through something painful, when we wrestle with some of the biggest questions in the world, like why are people starving to death? Why is there war? Why did my friend die from cancer? Why does my leg hurt every single day is why? Why does God let this happen? Or God, why are you doing this to me, perhaps? And that's the question that little James asks as well. But I would hesitate or or warn you against letting any answer to the question why be applied to all situations of suffering or pain, right? So Jesus, again, in this story, speaks to James and tells him, here's why. I have a particular plan for your life and your pain is going to be part of your story and it's going to help people access my love, right? And that maybe is true for you. And maybe there is another answer to the question, why? But at least in part, we find an answer in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And again, this is part of the answer, not the full answer. There's a lot of nuance and, and very, it's very personal. So if you have your Bibles, I would suggest that you open up to that passage. Uh, this will be one of two passages that we read today. And uh, I would also invite you to stand as my friend Austin comes up and reads from Second Corinthians chapter 4. And so hold in your mind the question, why does God allow suffering, or why did God allow this to happen in my life? And then we'll just have a few seconds afterward for you to uh, reflect on one particular phrase. So as you're listening, I I believe that something will stand out to you, a, a short phrase or a word. And so during the time of silence, just let that word marinate in your mind and in your heart. Reflect on it. Say it over and over to yourself. Uh, and invite dialogue from God around that phrase. Here you go, Austin. All right, Bible reading from 2 Corinthians 4, 14 through 18, page 1209. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So just take a few moments to reflect on a phrase that we just heard.
Amen. Again, you guys can have a seat. So did you catch, at least in part, why we all suffer? Uh, If we're connected to Jesus, part of the answer why is that it is creating uh, some translations in a more literal translation from the original Greek would be an eternal weight of glory. God is doing a transformative thing in us when we suffer and in our pain. Now, that is a that is a sometimes helpful thing to wrestle with or grab onto, not a particularly helpful thing to tell someone who is in the middle of grief or pain. And so I want you to understand the difference where when we're dealing with pain, there are intellectual questions, uh, but then there's also heart conditions. And to know which one someone is asking or dealing with, but also for ourselves, what we're really asking. Because if, if I hear someone ask the question, why, I would encourage you to hear them saying, ouch. And sometimes we try to respond to our own ouch, which is something in our hearts, with intellectual answers, which will actually never fully satisfy the ouch. Because at some point, we get to uh, the, I, I just don't know why this happened. There's no full explanation of why there continues to be pain and grief and suffering in the world. But we know that we are not alone in this pain and suffering, and we trust and we hope in a future glory that comes to us through the resurrection of Jesus. And so the hope, the grief we have with hope, was outlined in this passage in 2 Corinthians. Jesus was raised from the dead, and we will be raised with him. So if you're connected to Jesus, and this, this, seems, this can seem trite, uh, unless you've been through a lot of suffering. But in part, the answer to the suffering is there is life after death. An answer to the grief is for those who have connected themselves to Jesus, go on to live with him forever, and so we hope. Because it doesn't matter who you are as a human, like you will face suffering. The question is, will it be purposeful? And is your hope rooted in something more than sentiment or optimism? Our hope is rooted in the historical event of Jesus' resurrection. And so... You know, you can be an atheist, you will have suffering. It's sometimes surprising to us in the Western world that there's so much suffering in the world because we put our trust in technology and in medicine and in wealth and in all sorts of things and and information and education. Like, this, this, we can fix our own problems and it's hard to face the fact that we actually cannot. Whereas in most of the world, there's more suffering, more in the face of people. So we we shouldn't be surprised when we suffer. That's part of life. That's part of this life. But we don't have to suffer without purpose, and we don't have to suffer alone. That's the main takeaway uh, that I want us to receive from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We grieve with hope. Now, another, I think, 
helpful turn as we stay connected to Jesus. It says we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen is to uh, stay rooted in Jesus. And so sometimes when we ask the question why, perhaps a more helpful question to ask is where. Not why did this happen, but where is Jesus right now? For me, in this moment, where is Jesus right now as I grieve? And so I'd like to invite my friend Vinny up as she reads from Psalm 23. And if you have your Bibles again, you could open up and we'll do the same thing as we did before where uh, we'll hear the words, but then we'll take a few minutes to reflect on what is spoken. So would you guys stand again? We do this simply to honor God. We believe that these are his words to us and we embody uh, this reverence and honor that we give to the scriptures. So this is Psalm 23. Oh, yeah, just hit that button. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So again, take a moment to reflect on a phrase that speaks to your heart right now. You guys can have a seat again, get comfortable. Before I provide any commentary on this passage, I actually want to do another uh, listening prayer exercise where we don't simply reflect, but we invite God to show himself to us and to speak to us. And so uh, if you remember before, I asked you to bring a particular piece of pain or a, like a particular point of suffering or grief for you. Um, and I want to ask you two, well, I want you to ask God two questions. And we'll put those up on the screen. And the first question is, where is God in my pain? And what does he want to say to you right now? And so I would just start by asking God that question. Where, is, where are you? Uh, let, let him engage your imagination. Uh, let him actually, through your imagination, give, let him give you a picture of himself. And then again, resume this conversation and ask him the question, what do you want to say to me? So we'll again just take a few moments of silence for you to do that.
Amen. Psalm 23 is a psalm that brings comfort to people uh, and has for thousands and thousands of years. It's read at most funerals. It's a reminder that God cares for us. It's a reminder that God protects us and leads us. But it's also a reminder, and I think this is maybe one of the most poignant poignant phrases in the passage, uh, even though I walk through most of us know it as the valley of the shadow of death. So even if I'm facing the threat of death, where is God in that? You are with me. So the question why is a good one to ask. And it's okay to ask God why and to uh, include lament in your prayer life. Do you know what I mean by lament? Some of you, if you were at uh, the second session last week had a conversation about the difference between lament and complaint. And I think uh, second session has just been such a time of connection as well as uh, engagement in terms of our hearts and our minds. But uh, some of it's actually still up on that board if you can read it, the difference between complaint and lament as the discussion unfolded. And so as, when we complain, it's, it's, we're, we're playing the victim and we're blaming other people and we're uh, trying to pull others down potentially, or maybe if we're not trying, it happens anyway. Whereas lament is honest with God and includes uh, repentance and faith and connection to Jesus. So when we lament, we, we say our pain to God as we trust him, inviting him to meet us and to change us, uh, as well as asking God to change circumstances or the situation, which is what second session today will be more about as you guys not only talk about intercession, but spend time in intercession. But uh, we, we find ourselves able to be honest with God about our pain and about our grief. And we can trust that he is with us in our pain. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. He does not leave us behind. And so as we transition now to uh, remembering someone in particular, I, I find it most helpful, uh, and Joanna, if you would come up and just be ready to, we'll, we'll put on some music. Uh, as, as you uh, take time to just remember people that you have lost and light a candle in their remembrance, um, I find it helpful in grief to not only remember, but to forgive and to move toward gratitude. So let me, let me back that up a couple steps. Sometimes the temptation is when someone dies is to kind of like uh, airbrush the memories. Like, oh, what a great man, what a great dad, what a great grandpa. Where in actuality, every human that I know is imperfect and has flaws and has hurt people at some point in their life. And so to remember people truly as they are means that we need to forgive those people. Uh, we forgive because Jesus forgives us. Like, that's the teaching of the Bible. Like, we don't forgive because they deserve it. We forgive because in God's great grace and in Jesus' immense sacrifice, uh, he offers us forgiveness. And so we go and we forgive other people. And so maybe the person that you're 
going to grieve and remember today was outright mean to you. Um, so so maybe, maybe this is actually a step of freedom from the power that they exerted over you in... In, that, in their imperfection, in their sin even. And so a step of forgiveness, but then also a step of gratitude. And maybe, maybe uh, and I find for most people, I can, I can be grateful for the place they had in my life. But I know for some pain and for some grief, it's actually the gratitude has to be directed at God for helping me through uh, the relationship that I had with this person for guiding me, for not abandoning me, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so you might be surprised again as I would just invite you to say, God, who, who ought I to grieve today or who do you want me to grieve today? And for some of us, again, it's very obvious because we've lost a spouse this year or we're grieving a spouse that died years and years ago or maybe a father or maybe a lost pregnancy or a brother or a friend. Um, you don't have to be very old before you lose someone to the great enemy, which is death. So even though we have our hope that Jesus is victorious over death, we still want to be honest about our loss. And so for the next minute or two, spend time asking God who, and then remembering the person, forgiving the person, moving toward gratitude, and then come up and light a candle in remembrance of them. And then after four or five minutes, once it seems like most people have lit candles, we'll transition into worship. But I just want to create, again, a little bit of space for those three things to happen between you and God and inside of ourselves. Come Holy Spirit. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.